Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story. It's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Ryan and Brooke again, and we are in Daniel and Jeremiah, and a couple things are happening all at once here. Uh, what stuck out to you guys in this reading? Uh, this is a pretty big passage. This would be another one of those days where we're covering something that maybe you've heard yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe you saw a flannel graph of it. <laughs> I love those things. We need to bring those back. <laughs> or um, a theater production. Or a theater yes. production. <laughs> maybe a movie. So this maybe is vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see a Christian production featuring vegetables? <laughs> It seems like we have no copyright permissions. Um, yeah, so this is this is the fiery furnace. This is um, everything that leads up to the fiery furnace. Uh, basically, what starts this off is that Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he just goes with all of his advisors with this like crazy demand, like, "Quick, tell me what dream I had and what it means, or I will tear you limb from limb, burn down your house, and kill your family." And turns out, surprise, they stall for time. <laughs> they were like, wait, we can't. <laughs> they don't even try, though, to, like, come up with anything. Right. Right? <laughs> like, right. I might take a guess. I don't know. <laughs> See no, what happens. No, because then it's limb for limb. <laughs> That's true. That's true. This is a very high stakes game. Say no. Yeah, he says, you're stalling uh, for time. Nebuchadnezzar yeah, is we crazy. Would. They're like, you forgot your clothes in middle school? <laughs> ah! First day of school. You're standing in front of people just in your underwear. <laughs> no? Ah! There goes another limb. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, but Daniel can interpret the dream. He goes back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Extra credit. Wow. Yes. And ask them to pray and ask them to intercede and ask God for wisdom, and, and God provides. <laughs> pretty amazing mm-hmm. yeah so this is interesting because daniel does daniel is given the supernatural ability from god to understand the actual dream that god had given nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. uh he can not only does he know the dream he can interpret the dream um and in so doing he saves himself his friends and all of these pagan sorcerers and magicians and like yeah. i feel like that's part of the story i've never really heard a lot mm-hmm. Like Daniel being faithful actually allowed a ton of people the ability to learn more about God and maybe like maybe follow God in the future yeah, or at least live another day. At least live another day for sure. <laughs> um, in the courts of Nebuchadnezzar, which you know may not happen. Yeah, his, it's just interesting. So, like if you think in terms of Daniel being faithful to God in a culture that's antagonistic to God completely, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that his faithfulness like preserves life. Yeah. A lot of lives. Like, we're talking magicians' families, which I, I feel like they probably had a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would venture to say that our faithfulness does the same thing today. Like, our faithfulness is not just about ourselves when we're right. obedient to God. It impacts people, both in our families and people who don't believe in the Lord also. Um, thinking about, like, just in your workplace, when you're faithful and obedient to God, how much does that bless other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting. I've been thinking a lot about evangelism lately. Um, and Daniel is evangelizing the people of his culture without preaching at all. Hmm. Right. So he's just like, okay, I guess I would really like to save your lives. God, can you give me some wisdom on this dream, please? God's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. And one other thing that Daniel says is, 
In verse 30, God, talking to Nebuchadnezzar, God wants you to understand what was in your heart. Yeah. Which I thought was, I don't know, a good call out to why the dream is being interpreted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yikes. (laughs) And then what does he do with that? Right. You know, Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar is exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hey, man. He's a lot. I don't know. Take a nap. <laughs> it makes me wonder. I mean, maybe maybe it's not wondering. I'm just kind of amazed that he rose to this power when he's clearly unstable. Mm-hmm. Like, he is nuts. A lot of unstable people rise to incredible I, I mean, power. You think of, yeah, like, like a yeah. Caesar. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot of crazy people. But maybe people are just scared of them. They're like, okay, sure. Here's our city. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yikes. So then he makes this statue. Oh, wait. wait yeah. First. <laughs> Yes. He is so excited that Daniel interpreted the dream and says, truly, your God is the greatest of gods, the Lord <laughs> over kings. And then the very next section, and then he, he builds himself a statue. Yeah. Uh, is it himself? Do we know that? You're right. It doesn't say. I think it's I think it's assumed. At that theater I worked at, it was him. <laughs> this is another situation where we don't have copyright. Yeah, it sounds like it. I don't want to give anything away. But I guess uh, it doesn't say, but it was very large, 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. I mean, I it's probably safe to say it wasn't a statue of God. <laughs> so <laughs> God's actually not super into graven images. I don't know if you've heard that. But so he makes a statue and then he's like, everybody bow down to it or you're dead. <laughs> and then he flies into another rage. <laughs> so, I mean, it, yep. it it could be that these are not completely like... Back to back. They may not be back to back. Yeah, you know, right. This yeah. could not be. It's possible that this was not like. And the next day, well, I imagine he built it a statue. Takes a long <laughs> yeah. time to build a ninety foot. Probably. Statue. <laughs> yeah. It takes a bit. Yeah. Okay, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decide not to bow to this thing, and <laughs> spoiler alert: Nebuchadnezzar gets mad. Um, <laughs> his face which, becomes distorted with his rage. His face is distorted with rage. That Pretty is angry. angry. Yeah. Um, so he says, "You know what? Let's make this furnace even hotter. Seven times hotter." Uh, so hot that everybody that tries to throw the people in the furnace just die. And so they get thrown in there, and there's a situation where the three men who are bound end up dancing around in the furnace, four men, <laughs> unbound. Yeah. Um, what's going on there? Jesus. <laughs> like That's school. always the answer. <laughs> is this Sunday school? Oh, okay. Jesus. But really, I think I think this is a... A type of Christophany. Ooh, fancy. Chelsea, tell um, me. Tell me what that is. <laughs> it is an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it a couple of different times in the Old Testament. And I think this is one of them that Jesus and his actual presence came to be with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And they walked around. And Nebuchadnezzar... Yeah. I just love hearing, I just love all the action verbs associated with Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men. <laughs> never think calm he, about anything. I was say, does he ever not shout? I'm just not sure. Lots of highs and lows with Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> and the fourth looks like a god. Yeah. Because he is. <laughs> would, you, would you say the same thing, Ryan? I think that if you look at the text, you could probably make a pretty convincing argument, like, a couple different ways. Like it, it's definitely of God. Mm-hmm. Um, is it an angel of some sort? Is it, uh, you know, I like to think that it's Jesus. I think that's actually like pretty, 
What? Why are you laughing way, at me? That's a great way of interpreting things. I like it. <laughs> I personally think it's Jesus. <laughs> I can understand how you could make a different case. Right. Um, well, we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. But I think that assuming it is Jesus is pretty faith affirming. Like we know that Jesus was not just, he didn't just show up the, on the scene right. in Matthew. Like right. he exists <laughs> eternally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do think that looking at these situations where the physical manifestation of God as Jesus appears in the Old Testament, it, it actually builds our faith um, because it keeps you from falling into this place where it's like, well, no, Jesus is kind of a new thing for the New Testament. It's like, no, that's not that's not how this works. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament and the God of now. And the Jesus of the Old, uh, New Testament is the Jesus of Old Testament and now. Yeah. Yeah. An- mm-hmm. Another situation where you could say that Jesus shows up is uh, where he wrestles with Jacob. Jacob wrestles um, at the river yeah. of struggle. Uh-huh. And um, taps his hip. With a physical manifestation Jacob of God. Yeah. And which. Yeah. Yeah. We also see Jesus present at the beginning of creation. Like, um, let us make man in our own image. Mm-hmm. Um, when Joshua encounters the angel yep. going into Canaan yep. and he's like, I'm not on your side or on anybody's side. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just some, you're right. It's definitely to think of those instances being actually Jesus in the old Testament is very cool. Um, again, I don't think we'll ever know for sure until, <laughs> We read the Old Testament in front of Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, like, yep, that was Okay, me. so. <laughs> like, no, you got that wrong. That was an oh, angel. Man. Whoops. <laughs> that was an angel. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. So at the same time that Daniel is in Babylon, we have Jeremiah still prophesying to Judah, who continues to live in sin. Anything stand out to you guys in the Jeremiah passages? Just like as an aside, this is a chronological Bible. We've talked about this a bunch of times, but this is happening simultaneously, which is a kind of a cool way to look at it. It's a little bit backwards of what you would assume. So the people who are faithfully serving God are the people in the Babylonian court. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The people who are not serving God are the people who are working in the temple courtyard <laughs> yeah. in Jerusalem. So it's very backwards. Yeah. Uh, Huge it's, bummer. It's also another way that is, it's, it's an exciting witness to Daniel's character. Like it's an it's another really cool thing about Daniel that he is like going all out serving the Lord in this pagan nation, uh, and his own people are just like over and over again. Like God's like, hey, would you like to repent? And they're like, no, we want to kill our kids in worship to Baal. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm gonna judge you then. <laughs> yeah, because he gives them a very clear offer that if they stop all this evil behavior, and he lists out like this is what you need to stop: stop murdering people. <laughs> Stop exploiting people. Stop worshiping idols. Actually, says stop harming yourselves by worshiping idols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that means physically or like I spiritually? Think both. Everything. <laughs> I think both. Yeah, yeah, I think like you're doing yourself more harm. And I think at one point I forget where it is, but he's oh, it's in Jeremiah seven. It says, "Am I the one they're hurting?" Asked the Lord. Most of mm-hmm. all, they hurt themselves. So God's mm-hmm. like, this is this is not about you hurting my feelings. Like right. you are harming yourselves by worshiping people other than me. Um, actually, I think it's a. Interesting way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Another one of my favorite things to point out. This is uh, Jeremiah seven twenty one. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them for yourselves. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices I wanted from them. This is what I told them. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything as I say and all will be well. 
uh, just to continually push back on the idea that like, well, God is so legalistic in the mm-hmm. Old Testament. Like God consistently says, I didn't even ever want that anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I want people who love me and follow me. Who sounds like that? Jesus. Why? Because he didn't change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this this order of priests and prophets and whoever is in the temple courts of just wanting the religious acts continues into the Old Testament with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Like it just keeps going. Where yes. Religion is so... Um, it, religion is worshipped, not God. Religion is significantly easier. Religion, yeah. religion is like, yeah, I did the thing. Follow the right. rules. Yeah, it's it a, yeah, it's out. checking out, checking off boxes. Yeah. Daniel's not doing religion. No, no. <laughs> Daniel's no. like, yeah, throw me in the fire. Well, not Daniel, I guess. Right. Scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where he was. Daniel's <laughs> friends are like, yeah, I guess throw me in the fire. Like we're serving God. Yeah. That's that's a whole other category than like, yeah, I was at the temple that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was just going to say also, sorry, Jeremiah, <laughs> keep spreading this word. Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a real bummer. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer for Every that guy. day he wakes up and he's like, oh, <laughs> man. Did we talk about it's like, he, what is it? God's like, don't even like expect them to listen. Don't expect them to respond. <laughs> there you go. And that's faithfulness too. Like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, God actually says, like, stop weeping for these people. Stop praying for yeah, these stop people. stop praying yeah. for these people. Don't weep or pray for them. Also, yes. if your pastor on Sunday says, we're going to read from this passage in Jeremiah, it's probably going to be a downer. <laughs> probably. <laughs> any passage in Jeremiah. Yeah. I don't think there's any fidgy tales about this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Vegetable stories about this. <laughs> Then Daniel went in to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. Daniel said to him, Don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king, and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. Arioch quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, Is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? Daniel replied, There are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has known King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. And it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what was in your heart. In your vision, your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. As you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. That was the dream. Now we will tell the king what it means. Your majesty, you are the greatest of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereignty, power, strength, and honor. He has made you the ruler over all the inhabited world and was even and even has put the wild animals and birds under your control. You are the head of gold. But after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise up to take your place. After that kingdom has fallen, yet a third kingdom, represented by bronze, will rise to rule the world. Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one, as strong as iron. 
That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. The feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay, showing that this king kingdom will be divided. Like iron mixed with clay, it will have some of the strength of iron. But while some parts of it will be as strong as iron, other parts will be as weak as clay. This mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage, but they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix. During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness, and it will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain, though not by human hands, that has crushed to pieces the statue of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. The great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true, and its meaning is certain. Then King Nebuchadnezzar drew himself down before Daniel and worshipped him, and he commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. The king said to Daniel, Truly your God is the greatest of gods, the Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this secret. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon, as well as chief over all his wise men. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon, while Daniel remained in the king's court. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high offices, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew in a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one or more chances to bow down and worship the statue I have made, when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. 
Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 1. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go to the entrance of the Lord's temple and give this message to the people. O Judah, listen to this message from the Lord. Listen to it, all of you who worship here. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Even now, if you quit your evil ways, I will let you stay in your own land. But don't be fooled by those who promise your safety simply because the Lord's temple is here. They chant, The Lord's temple is here. The Lord's temple is here. But I will be merciful only if you stop your evil thoughts and deeds and start treating each other with justice. Only if you stop exploiting foreigners, orphans, and widows. Only if you stop your murdering. And only if you stop harming yourselves by worshiping idols. Then I will let you stay in this land that I gave to your ancestors to keep forever. Don't be fooled into thinking that you will never suffer because the temple is here. It's a lie. Do you really think you can steal, murder, commit adultery, lie, and burn incense to Baal and all those other new gods of yours, and then come here and stand before me in my temple and chant, we are safe, only to go right back to all those evils again? Don't you yourselves admit that this temple, which bears my name, has become a den of thieves? Surely I see all the evil going on there. I, the Lord, have spoken. Go now to the place at Shiloh where I once put the tabernacle that bore my name. See what I did there, because of all the wickedness of my people, the Israelites. While you were doing these wicked things, says the Lord, I spoke to you about it repeatedly, but you would not listen. I called out to you, but you refused to answer. So just as I destroyed Shiloh, now I will destroy this temple that bears my name, this temple that you trust in for help, this place that I gave to you and your ancestors, and I will send you out of my sight into exile, just as I did your relatives, the people of Israel." Pray no more for these people, Jeremiah. Do not weep or pray for them, and don't beg me to help them, for I will not listen to you. Don't you see that they are do- what they are doing throughout the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? No wonder I'm so angry. Watch how the children gather wood, and the fathers build sacrificial fires. 
See how the women knead dough and make cakes to offer to the queen of heaven. And they pour out liquid offerings to their other idol gods. Am I the one that they are hurting? asked the Lord. Most of all, they hurt themselves to their own shame. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will pour out my terrible fury on this place. Its people, animals, trees, and crops will be consumed by unquenchable fire of my anger. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them for yourselves. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices that I wanted from them. This is what I told them. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything I say and all will be well. But my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went backward instead of forward. From the day your ancestors left Egypt until now, I have continued to send my servants, the prophets, day in and day out. But my people have not listened to me or even tried to hear. They have been stubborn and sinful, even worse than their ancestors. Tell them all this, but do not expect them to listen. Shout out your warnings, but do not expect them to respond. Say to them, This is the nation whose people will not obey the Lord their God and who refuse to be taught. Truth has vanished from among them. It is no longer heard on their lips. Shave your head in mourning and weep alone on the mountains, for the Lord has rejected and forsaken this generation that has provoked his fury. The people of Judah have sinned before my eyes, says the Lord. They have set up their abominable idols right in the temple that bears my name, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines at Topheth, the garbage dump in the valley of Beth Hinnom, and there they burn their sons and daughters in the fire. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware, for the time is coming, says the Lord, when that garbage dump will no longer be called Topheth or the valley of Beth Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. They will bury the bodies in Topheth until there is no more room for them. The bodies of my people will be food for the vultures and wild animals, and no one will be left to scare them away. I will put an end to the happy singing and laughter in the streets of Jerusalem. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard in the towns of Judah. The land will lie in complete desolation. In that day, says the Lord, the enemy will break open the graves of the kings and officials of Judah, and the graves of the priests, prophets, and common people of Jerusalem. They will spread out their bones on the ground before the sun, moon, and stars. The gods my people have loved, served, and worshipped. Their bones will not be gathered up again or burned, but will be scattered on the ground like manure. And the people of this evil nation who survive will wish to die rather than live where I will send them. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.